It's time for honest reflection in youth ministry. The present culture is more established than ever. It's so crushing for many a youth pastor. There's a lot to be learned about youth ministry and even more to be shared. Here's to hoping that this helps. Whether you are 19 and have just started or have been serving in ministry for 19 years, we hope that this weekly dose of honesty and humor will help to heal and renew hope for you and yours. Welcome to After 9, the most honest hour in youth ministry. Hello and welcome to After 9. My name is Chad Higgins. And I'm Zach Workin. Zach, how in the world are you? I'm not going to lie, Chad. I'm a little uh, little on edge today. Feeling a little tilt, a little frustrated. Just had a lot of, uh, I don't know, man, a lot of little losses that are starting to add up and feel like a big L in the column of life. Just, uh, you know, the things we say, you know, as gamers and the frustrations and the whatnots. But hey. I'll be fine. I'll work through it. Hey, you're a winner in my book, buddy. Stop. You're sweet. You're sweet. You're. What, a, what a friend. The question I have for you, though, is not how in the world are you. It's uh, where in the world did you get that big haircut? Because okay, looks- hold on. Hold on. No, people can't see, but I'm going to take a screenshot right now. It looks like a toupee. No, no, no. Do not take a no. screenshot. Oh, not take a screenshot of me. That's great. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Here's the thing. So, you know, we've moved to a new town and moving you to a new, new town. barber. Okay, go yeah, on. Yeah, you got to find a new barber and all that kind of deal. And so, um, you know, they, they don't know what you're really looking for. And so for the last few years, <laughs> I, my haircut's always been the same, right? I, sure. I get – it's kind of like the old man, like – uh, part on the side, and the I do the like. Over. Yeah, I knew the, I do the new like hipster cool thing where they do the like hard part, you know, and shave it in. But I always have a little hair on the other side, you know, that I comb down. <laughs> well, so like I go to this new barber, and I'm like, yeah, I do like a hard cut here and all that kind of stuff. And I'm just thinking she understands like I'm not the dude that it's like giving the Brad Pitt look. You know what I mean? The, not the target market for this haircut. <laughs> So she just like shaves everything on the left side of my head and then goes hard part and then just big swoop. So it's like there's nothing on the other side of the hard part. So now I look like this. I look like the fattest European soccer player you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> You're like the hooligan. That and so, play, but then so, he got injured, but he doesn't want to give up his hooligan good looks. Right. So it looks like your hair sliding off your head. Yeah, like it, it, just, it just looks like it's sliding off your head. When it's fixed, it looks great okay. right now it's not fixed and so it just looks like half of my head has hair it does it, it your observation of a toupee sliding off the side of my head is exactly <laughs> what i have i mean you just moved to a new town and you're just kind of falling apart man like with prayers for chad this morning as he lives in his new town and he's facing his new dilemmas like finding a new barber i'm becoming um, a hipster man you are I mean, well you're, so you're in the college town now so we've got to check in with chad so chad uh, full-time youth minister for many years, now servicing the youth ministry world in different avenues and different ways. What's it like being a former full-time youth minister living in a college town? Does it feel comfortable? You just fit right in? Or what's life like? Well, I'm trying to figure out my place, right? Like, I mean, lately I've been traveling, speaking a lot, and doing trainings and things like that, which has been awesome. But when I'm home, like, yeah, it's been completely different, right? For the first time in, in my life as an adult, I'm 
going and trying to like find a, a church on my own and all that kind of stuff that I just get to attend, which is a whole new thing, right? Like adult stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, like it's just weird being a pastor for many years and then going and attending a church. Cause I always feel like I need to be doing something right. right like, right. I find myself wanting to like straighten pamphlets and stuff at the information booth, you know what I mean? And direct people to a class. Um, These envelopes are out of date. Yeah. And at the time of like the response time, I'm like, do I need to go stand in the front or the back? How how are we going to do this? I can help receive people in the back. Just Just send them over here. Um, And so that's just been this whole new thing. And then here's the thing. You and I know we like to hang out in coffee shops. And so, Sure. Uh, moving to this college town, anything to not work all in the, the office. <laughs> all the coffee shops are just like infestated with college students. Sure, and so I can't it's find a, a seat town. anywhere. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I go in and I'm like, I'm gonna just come here and read and work on some things. And I walk in and there's like not a seat. <laughs> and so I'm, then I'm like, mm-hmm, you know, like I don't yeah. know what to do with myself standing around. Yeah. So I just sadly get my cup of coffee and go back home. Oh, an adult commuter working from home. <laughs> That's good. Well, man, so we are thankful that you're still here with us on After 9 in the midst of all your speaking and training season stuff. And we're hoping you'll shed a little light on our question today. So After 9 is the youth ministry podcast that we hope to be the most honest podcast in youth ministry. And this is episode 46, uh, which is really exciting. We are just uh, a few away from the magic 5-0 when which we will have excellent new things that are happening and changing for the life of After 9 that we can't wait to share with you in the upcoming episodes. But here we answer the big questions of youth ministry, the existential meta kind of questions of what does it mean to be a youth pastor? What does it matter? How are you making a difference? Are you making a difference? Or Chad, maybe some more of the more technical or logistical kind of questions am i doing a good job with my large group time because i feel like this is an area that everybody whether you have a youth group of 12 20 200 there is some time when your group is assembled and there is some time when you are probably responsible either in your own personhood or for putting together some kind of large group program gathering happening that's probably weekly if not weekly at least monthly and i feel like this is an area where people either naturally excel or really get frustrated and so i think today we need to talk through the large group thing what does it look like when is it good why do we do it and how can we do it better so help us out today chad paint us a picture of a large group setting that could be made better Sure. Well, so I'll start with this by saying this, that every large group is going to look different, right? Some youth ministers do it on Sunday night. Some do it on Wednesday. Um, I've even heard Tuesday, Thursday, different things like that, that some ministries are doing. Zach, you have something on Friday, right? That's right. Yeah, we, we are Sunday, Wednesday, Friday folk. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and so they all look different. Um, and then in <clears throat> in different contexts, they're going to look different, right? Um, and, and I think it's important to remember that because um, I think sometimes in our search to do large group better, we grab ideas from other contexts, right, from other ministries that in many cases are probably larger than ours, right? We 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 tend to grab ideas from churches that are bigger and things like that, and we try to implement them and use them. And, and I've often seen people that will grab ideas from larger places, try to uh, implement them in their context. And honestly, it's just more awkward that way, right? Like the church that, you know, you're running <clears throat> 12 students and you still like, you still feel like you need 
you know, somebody to like bring your table on stage. You know what I mean? Like during the transition of worship. Where's my host? Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. If there are more people on your stage, um, serving and playing than there are in the audience, audience. it it may get a little awkward in that. Um, and so I think we, we've got to evaluate those. We've got to, um, um, see what fits in in our culture and and our context and, and how that can work the best. Um, but honestly, most most youth ministry large group um, uh, services have some of these uh, same similar elements, right? You have maybe worship, you have a sermon, or um, you may play a game, um, announcements, kind things of like flow that. Of time, yeah. or or maybe even if you've been doing it long enough, an, an unofficial, you know, to borrow from our mainline folk, liturgy, right? Like there is like this happens, then this happens, then this happens. And I think there is like, you know, we kind of get conditioned in a certain way. And so I think, you know, whatever it is, if you've been doing youth ministry long enough, you probably have four or five components of a large group that are always present. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, so I would, I think as, as we start to, um, break this down, the first thing that I want to point us all to is just a healthy evaluation of where we're at, right? I think that that's, um, extremely important as you walk through your ministry timeline and where you're at is that we're constantly evaluating this, um, one for consistency, but then two for just Sometimes we do the same thing over and over for far too long, and sure. it just becomes completely boring, right? Um, and so we've got to come. We've got to constantly be evaluating these, asking um, honest conversa- honest questions of ourselves, of being able to to look at what we're doing from maybe an outside lens, right? Because I think as a youth minister, when we're in it every week, right. Um, it's so easy to just fall into the same pattern or want to do it the same old way, um, and we're not looking at it with fresh new eyes, right? Yeah. And so um, getting other feedback from your leaders, from your students, things like that is, is good. Um, and I always recommend, man, anytime you have somebody come in and speak or any of those kind of things, ask them, right? Get yeah. some feedback from them and, hey, hey, how can we do this? Uh, better what what would you change what would you alter all of those kind of things sure sure no and i think that's the evaluation ironically even though it's maybe the end step it's also the first step of you know what are we currently doing what what are the things that are happening and which of those things seem to be working well because you might be surprised that it's not a complete overhaul that you need right like there might be this like man this one part just doesn't seem to really fit or gel with what's going on and maybe it needs to either be you know moved removed or eliminated and the other half of that is that also like the way in which you structure the kind of thing might need to be changed right like maybe because it's an early morning thing waiting to play the game until the end does no good because it doesn't wake them up or maybe it's a long day after school and maybe they they really really just want to put off the silliness and the excitement stuff at the end because they're tired and you're kind of like nurturing just like that relaxing kind of like after school into this kind of thing that energy's good, but we kind of pace ourselves. And that's, and that's the kind of thing that, like you said in the beginning chat is super contextual that you're going to know from working with your students and listening to their feedback as well. And so maybe walk through just on this kind of first half of the episode, what are some of those big 
elements, components that we could kind of put into categories. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about that when, cause you brought it up, right? The putting the game up front or the end just to get students woken up. When, when you go into creating your rundown of your large group gathering, what are some thoughts that goes, that go into that for you and where you place elements and uh, walk me through some of that process for you? Yeah. So the, the first thing is the elements themselves. So there's typically some kind of, uh, I always like to associate the kind of energy that's with it. So it's either high energy, medium energy, or low energy, right? So you're you're wanting to, to receive the students from whatever they're coming into. So they're probably coming into you either either low or medium energy. And then you're thinking about the way in which you want them to flow, right? So it, it's, I mean, you could almost chart it of how much you know excitement you're trying to engage them with. And so, for instance, you're going to consider you know, the time of day you're meeting and how long you have to meet. So the way in which we structure a Sunday morning that we have 57 minutes versus a Sunday night that we have two and a half hours helps kind of determine how long <laughs> that line graph is as it goes up and down. Because if you're really smushed together in less than an hour, the, the, the peaks and the valleys on that might be either a lot higher and lower because we have less time, or we might just really seek to not try to be super over the top or super low energy because we're trying to ride that line or ride that wave in a much more smaller time frame. So knowing how much time you have in front of you, um, kind of how you're receiving the students and then kind of where you want them to flow into. So case in point for us on Sunday mornings, 57 minutes, we receive them about 9 a.m. on a Sunday, on a weekend. They're probably not coming to us with anything other than low to maybe medium energy. And the hope is that we would get them into small groups and then into kind of a chapel time. And those things require us to kind of like both kind of like raise the bar for excitement and then also kind of create a certain kind of focus. So the first thing that we do when they kind of walk through the door and we get organized is warn them that we're about to hit a high energy threshold. <laughs> and so this is for my students that are maybe like needing to kind of know what's next. I'm always really keen or quick to try to announce like, hey, in the next two to five minutes, we're about to get really excited, play a game. It's about to get really hype, all this, whatever. And so on Sunday mornings for us, that excitement is like the first thing out of the gate because we're trying to move them from low energy to like way above medium energy, right? And that usually happens by some kind of like silly upfront game or some kind of mixer kind of game because if they're laughing at what's happening on stage or if they're moving around the room, it's kind of waking them up and doing its course alongside the coffee and the cereal and the donuts. And so that's really important to get them into that kind of medium energy mode of small groups, right? So if they go from low to like above medium, then they can settle into small group stuff and begin to maybe hopefully share and engage because for us, that small group time is only about 20, 25 minutes. So it's really important for us to get them engaged and into that. Like this is not the small group setting where we would kind of all sit around and be like, what's up? How was your week? We need them engaged because we've got a short time. And then from that, to get them into a chapel time that is also kind of condensed requires a certain kind of snappiness and movement. So we really don't have anything low energy on Sunday mornings because of our time constraints. Whereas like Wednesday night that we have two and a half hours with our students, we have like dedicated like sections that are intentionally low energy because it's been a busy week. There's stress with school, relationships, friendships, parents. And so we try to create a space that's low energy 
energy and also low stress, low pressure to kind of work against some of those other forces. And so almost everything I just said about Sunday morning is exactly opposite true (laughs) for our Wednesday night kind of structuring because of where they're coming from and what we want to create and set up for them. Because atmosphere is everything, Chad. Like atmosphere is everything when it comes to kind of preparing a space uh, or a way for students to receive what you're hoping that God will speak and share with them that time, that gathering. I I liked what you talked about, like the flow, like that you give your students um, like a heads up, like this is coming kind of thing. Um, (laughs) It's about to get wild or it's about to get real chill. We even do that too. It's a, hey guys, phones away. It's about to get real chill. Well, and I think in that, like what what you're talking through as well, even though that that's probably like a um, an, an easy way to do that, is you're talking through transition of, of from element to element, right? Um, and you talked about it as a flow, which I think is really important because I think a lot of times we have these elements, right, where it's like game and worship, you know what I mean, and we don't think about the transition between them. And I think that that's what really makes a better large group session when we think through those transitions. Um, because, man, you've we've all been a part of elements where it's just like, all right, we're going to play this game where I throw Cheetos at your face. Right. And we're going to worship. You know right. what I mean? I'm and- coming back to the heart of worship. <laughs> and it's all – and that's like Cheetos still on the face. Yeah. Leader, yeah, 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 it happens, it, it does. And and we, I understand, but hey, Chad, they had a game and they had heartfelt worship, so they covered all their bases. So, what's wrong, right? Right, uh, everything, everything, <laughs> but there's no transition, right? There's no, um, from that place of man, kids are going crazy and nuts, then into that. And I think that's why maybe a lot of youth ministers get frustrated because, like. You know, their their students aren't engaging in worship. Well, they're probably like still in the process of like coming off of this like, you know, gross eating game that you just played, right? You know what There's I mean? A kid Straight throwing into up in the back, yeah. <laughs> and, and so there needs to be that that transition. You know what I mean? And so we need to think through those, like as we build our series, our our um, worship time. Like, okay, how are we walking between each of these? What are we going to do? to to help that energy come from this high place to this place of reflection and all those kind of things. And I mean, we, we even need to think through that in our own sermons, right? Like, okay, as, as a speaker, I'm going to come from this really funny story. How do I transition that into um, beginning to look at scripture and, you know what I mean, and unpacking this point and talk and, and all that kind of stuff? Like, um, transition is really where that all happens. And honestly, it's probably the place where we think the the least about it, right? It's like, okay, I'm playing this awesome game and we're, we're, we're going to work all week on this music set, but then we don't set those things up to really succeed well. Right, right, right. Because we and didn't so, think about the in-betweens. Right? right. But even like the game, like you, you talk about like building this energy, there's so many different ways that you can do that, right? Um, from everything from like slides on the screen to the music you play and all those kind of things that help build all of that. And it makes the details of um, your service done so well. And so as you think through that flow, um, think through that process, right? Okay. We're going to, we're going to end really high. And and I'll granted there are weeks where you're just like, we're, we're low on time. We, we want to play this game. The transition is going to be rough here. Uh, but just thinking through through that as much as you can of going, okay, um, 
we're going to put this element here. And I think the go-to like youth minister transition has always just been prayer. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Right, right, right. right. We probably need to get away from that, if I'm going to be really honest, for multiple reasons. One, it's a bad transition, but two, um, it probably shows a little bit of how we view prayer, if it's just transitional. Um, in hey, arts. everybody, we're going to talk to God as a cover-up for us clearing the stage up of all that mess you just made. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, but we well, can, wonder can... why kids only pray for their quizzes and their tests at school. This is because they're covering up for the lack of work that's going on behind them. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> for the day. Yeah, so, but there's, there's great ways for transition. Everything yes, from, yes. man, utilizing student testimony, um, um Great announcements, v- yeah, announcements, <laughs> great videos that you can yeah, find online, yeah. um, all of those kind of things that can help in those transition, um, or or even just like snippets, man. For a while, I used to do these um, almost just like teasers of sermons, if that makes sense, of like what we're going to talk about that night. Little sermon jams. <laughs> yeah, well, just like, hey, like, here's what we're going to be hitting on tonight. I want you to begin to think about this as we go into worship, right? Yeah. Um, and so th- those are just simple ways that we can move from one element to another. And it doesn't have to be this big, long production, but it gives this flow and ebb, and it's thought out. It's, yeah. it's you know what I mean? It's um, It's smoother than just jumping from one thing to another. Okay, well, we're going to take you to the break, Chad, and when we come back, I want to hear more on the transition piece and how you don't have to rethink that every single time. So when you come back after the break, Chad's going to tell you that you've already got a great wheel in front of you, so don't overthink it. Calling all After 9 listeners. Zach and Chad are incredibly thankful for your patronage and encouragement. We want to ask for your support. You can help make After 9 even better. Please consider contributing monthly to growing After 9's reach and resources by visiting our Patreon page. Go to www.patreon.com slash After 9 to become a supporter. You can also visit www.after9ministry.com slash support to learn more. We appreciate your ongoing encouragement, prayers, and support. All right, welcome back to After 9. My name is Zach Worker, and this is my best friend. Chad Higgins. And we're here talking today about large group gatherings done better. Not just done right, but done better. You're probably having some kind of program in your life as a youth minister, whether you're full-time, part-time, volunteer, bivocational, or you just wandered into this thing we call youth ministry. There is probably some requirement of you each week, whether it be Sunday, midweek, or weekend, that you have got something going on for students where they are gathered in a larger group cluster and grouping of people. And in that way, and to that effect, Chad, we've spent the first half of this episode talking about answering maybe the importance of having transitions, but now I want to hear from you about the ways in which having the whole flow and the transition are meaningful, because I feel like I feel like there's some untilled road for folks that have found a pattern that works, but allow themselves to replace the components or replace themselves leading the components to make the whole thing better. So give me some more on that, Chad. Yeah. So um, ultimately what we're talking about, and by the way, Zach, phenomenal transition. 
coming out of that break. Phenomenal. I wrote it down. I wrote it down. I had it written down. I mean, you took people from where they were at right to here. Right you know to what here. what I mean? Uh, so really what we're talking every about. Every week. We're doing it every week. What we're talking about is is uh, preparation at, okay. at the heart of it, right? Um, the, the things, the elements that we do on Wednesday or Sunday or whenever this is, um, are thought through that they're prepared. And so I know we're not going to stand on this for a long time, but one little tidbit of information nugget that I'll give to you is have all your elements prepared and ready to go. Okay. Right? Like if you are unpacking the elements that you need for the game out of their original box. Sure. When your students are trying to pr- play this, like it's dragging already, right? If you're building the volleyball or badminton net you needed for the really fun, weird, freaky badminton volleyball mashup game you created, it's going to be a rough go if you're building and instructing. <laughs> <laughs> And again, sometimes things happen, but maybe that's one that we could have done the night or the morning before. Right. Well, and we got to think through that, right? Like, okay, if I already have to have all these elements for this game on the table and ready to go. Yes, yes. um, Then then we have to think through that. Okay, then that probably needs to be up towards the front of the night and all that kind of stuff. And so we'll put it here in our service and all that kind of thing. Um, but man, I've, I've seen so many people where it's like, they get up on stage and it's like, Oh, Hey, Timmy, come up here and help me, uh, unpack all this stuff. You know what I mean? Right, go and ahead and put these things it. in the bowls and then we'll cover them up. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and so when, when you're building the game in front of them, one, it just drags it, waste your time. Um, but it doesn't set up for any sort of excitement of the game. Yeah. Right. When your kids are like, Oh, okay, well I'll wait three minutes till this is actually ready to go. But Chad, that begs um, a question. What if I have a lot to do and I can't get it all done by myself? What is a youth pastor to do? Give it away. What? No, but but I have to get this done, Chad. <laughs> give it away, give it away, give it away now. Okay. <laughs> the, that is the best like advice I can ever give to you, especially to help your large group even better. Okay. Um, and even if it's not not the way that you would have done it, right? Sure, then sure. <laughs> you can you can help guide that process. Uh, it's got to start somewhere. But okay. having your leaders um, run some of these things, even student involvement, is going to be great. Um, man. I know that I was guilty for far too long of being the youth minister that was the guy with the symbols between his knees. You know what I mean? Where you're trying to do it all. Like if you're the guy that it's like the start of the night, you, you know, welcome them and give announcements, transition right into the game that you lead. Yeah. And then you go strap on your guitar and lead a little worship. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you put down that guitar and then you go give them a sermon. And then at the end of the night, you're doing response and the students are coming up and talking right, to right. you. Like you're the dude with the symbols between his knees, right? Like you're trying to be the one man band in that. And I know that for some of our, our listeners, you're going, man, I, I don't have anybody. Then my encouragement, my challenge to you is find them. Even if you're like, man, I, I don't know that they're the best. If they love the Lord, they're trustworthy, all those kind of things, and they're willing to serve, then let them serve. Let them find those places, uh, begin to mentor them, walk uh, beside them in that, uh, but incorporate them. Find find these leaders. Often those leaders are not just going to come to you. You've got to go get them, ask them, and recruit, bring them recruit. into that team. 
Well, and the cool part, Chad, and this is the thing that we were sharing earlier that I think now comes full circle and makes sense. If you have a certain kind of patterning enough that people have seen it, they can learn to do it. Like if you've tried to ask someone to do something that's never been done in your group before, it's going to be a real tough go. But if they've seen you move the group from the game time to the worship time by having kind of a call and response or prayer request time, they can learn to do that by watching you for a few weeks do that. If if you have a, you know, kind of a like a, a response time after the service and, you know, people come to the front and they pray, and like that shouldn't just be you up front. There are other folks that can, you know, meet with you and hear kind of your heart for how that should look and kind of the ways to counsel. And that way you're not just the guy that just spoke that's trying to counsel everybody, but you can focus even more so on the teaching. Or if you are the the person that's like, you know, I really, I really just want to lead the songs and I I, I can't do that and try to plan everything else. Cause trust me, I've been the guy that's like come up with the four songs, strumming them while thinking through my lesson and making sure that I wasn't saying my lesson while singing the lyrics, like find someone else to kind of partner with you in that. And it's okay to give that stuff away. It's going to be hard when it's some of your favorite stuff to give away, because probably if you like it, somebody else does too. But the more folks that are involved in this program or production or gathering time, the more authentic it's going to feel because it's going to feel of the people and for the people and not just by the person. Like I, I love youth ministers but every time that things funnel and filter and weigh on them, all I see is tragedy, heart, re- heart wreck, and train wreck of like, if it all is held up by you, then it's all going to fall when you fall. And so as much as you can kind of distribute what you have going on, the better it can be. And you can become the person that's not only participating, but now you're evaluating because you're not in the fat middle of everything that's going on. Again, that comes from having a kind of set routine or patterning this stuff and it also comes from having it be you know demonstrated and then having folks recruited and invited into those really important components on the weekly basis yeah and and that cause that causes ownership right like yes your leaders then feel like okay this isn't just something like i come to but now they feel valued and needed to be there and so then the, they're going to want to take on more of it right and and then it becomes personal to them right like there's more of a a desire to reach out to students because this is now something that they're involved with. They're doing, they're proud of. And and so we want to create that not, not only great experiences for our students, but great experiences for our leaders that they're in, they're engaged, they're involved in something. And they're not just like, Hey, stand over in the back because we have to have a one to seven ratio in here. Right. Right. And, And I think that that's really, really important. And, and it, man, it helps things move so much better because we talk about transition in all reality, there's going to be a game. Sometimes there's a mess and there has to be a cleanup. Yeah. If you're having to clean up, your students are just sitting there watching and waiting for the next thing to happen. And it's not, it's not smoothly ran right. When you, when you haven't thought that out, that you haven't thought out, okay, how do we set this up? How do we take this down? And how do we continue to keep this thing going while those are happening? And, and that's got to be thought through. That doesn't just happen uh, of us just going, okay, here are our four elements that we're going to do tonight. Um, and we'll just kind of show up and make that happen. That's good. Um, it's not going to be a well-run service or um, it's definitely not going to flow well. And it's not going to be engaging for your students. Okay. But the takeaway is this though, and this is, I think, important. Don't miss this. 
large group stuff matters. I know there has been like a renaissance and revival for small groups and the importance of small groups. And I do believe that students learn best and really grow and mature in kind of small group settings. But there is something for maybe even uniquely for youth ministry in the way that large group times can be these kind of bonding agents, right? Like I think about many of the things that you ask a young person that they really enjoyed. Um, Man, there are memorable moments that can be achieved in these large group things where students become heroes and legends because they got on stage and were silly and you know people found out they had a silly or stupid talent that nobody knew they had or folks that were invited into lead had this amazing ownership because this group of students had eyes on them and they got to share you know their story and I, and I think about the ways in which you know on a weekly basis having that energy that well thought out orchestrated energy of students coming together, worshiping and singing and hearing God's word. Like these are important kinds of things that we need to be about and really do well and do with excellence, especially if we're going to do it every week, right? Like if it's still important enough to do every week, then let's think through at least the ways we can do it with excellence. Absolutely. Uh, You know, we've talked about it before on a previous episode, and I want to point you to it now. On October the 10th, um, Youth Ministry Booster will launch, and we we believe that inside that will be um, some great resources to help make um, your large group um, youth ministry stuff even better. Um, we understand that even in hearing an episode like this, you're like, God, well, there's just more things on my plate, and Thanks, we get Zach, it. Chad. <laughs> yeah, having been in youth ministry for many years, we understand, um, and that's why we created Youth Ministry Booster, and that's the heart of it. It's not just other resources to give you something else to do. Um, when we when we're building this, we're, we've got the heart of the youth minister in mind, and so what we're doing is we're trying to create all the different elements um, for your large group session. Um, that are high quality, well done stuff um, that you're able to use. Everything from your slides in your talk to a game every week that is a great game with graphics and all that kind of stuff. Um, audio things that go in that with playlists. Um, and and so it is going to be really, really great stuff. And so we want you to check that out on October 10th. If you haven't gone to the website, Zach, you want to tell them about the website, what yeah. they can go to and, and how they can sign up? Check out youthministrybooster.com, youthministrybooster.com, and you can sign up and get on the ground floor, and you will have early access and release info for all the things that will drop officially on October 10th, but you'll get a preview before then of the thing that we're releasing that Chad and I are so excited about. And we are stoked because we feel like every youth ministry has asked many questions about how to do this large group thing better, how to run a program well. And Chad and I and some other folks on our team have been trying to put together all the things you need for it to best fit you, for you to find ways to do your best work. Not more work, but your best work. And so we're super excited about all those things. So sign up at youthministrybooster.com. Um, signing up early means you will have early access and early info for all those things. And if you are an After 9 listener who's asking youth ministry questions, we guarantee that Booster is at least, we hope, one of the answers to one of the questions that you're asking. Absolutely. Well, we'll see you next week. Thanks for being with us at After 9. Thanks for listening to After 9. Join the community and continue the conversation on Facebook, Twitter, or visit afternightministry.com to share your story.